Hi, I'm Commander Shepard, and Spawn on Me podcast is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. I should go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast, episode 212-212. And uh, this melodic voice that you hear right now is the one and only, the great Stubnosticator, Stubby Stan, a.k.a. Caesus, a.k.a. the Bruce Wayne of Chicago, also known as his government, Cicero Holmes. And I am joined this week and every week with my brolic brother, from a little bit up north, the one who makes froze look good. He makes math looks good. He makes kids look good as he's tutoring them. He is the one and only Mr. Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you today, sir? What's the dealio? Hey, everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm doing very well. And I noticed, apparently, have you abdicated, abdicated the throne of the Baron of Bourbon? I am you, still. I don't hear you mention the, it, though. I am still the Baron of Bourbon. Okay. I was waiting because Just it's been, sure. you know, I feel like it's been a while since I've been been back in Bricago. I've been back home in Bricago. So I was waiting to let people know okay. that today's bourbon is the one and only Buffalo Trace of the Buffalo Trace Distillery. One of the best distilleries of the finest of bourbons. Oh, or Okay. Buffalo Trace, yes. Buffalo Trace uh, makes my very favorite bourbon, the one and only Blanton's. Very, very difficult to get nowadays. Uh, and they make the holy grail of bourbons, Pappy Van Winkle, which uh, is like, if you can find a bottle, is like $1,500 to $2,000 a bottle. What? Um, Are you yes. kidding me? Yes. Uh, yours truly has had some Pappy Van Winkle. It's pretty damn good. Um, I mean, did you trade in your car for it? Like, what, 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 what happened? No. You know, so, uh, yeah, I was over at my mom's house for Thanksgiving. We went to a friend's house uh, and uh, we went over there and he was like, oh, hey, you know, can I get you a drink or something? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, I've got this. I got this. I got bourbon. I said, oh, you had me a bourbon. And he was like, yeah, I got, you know, I got some makers because we're down in Louisville. So makers, like it runs out of the tap. Uh, so he's like, yeah, we've got some makers. I've got some of this. I've got some of this. It's like, yeah, I've got this uh, Pappy Van Winkle that uh, a guy that I that did some work for my house. He used to work at the distillery and he just had some. And it was in like a plastic jug, like a plastic fifth. Of like, you know, old school bum Seagram's gin or something like that. <laughs> and he, he, you know, he took that and poured Pappy in there and just wrote on it, wrote the the year on it. 2012 Pappies. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, man, he was like, I don't even drink this stuff. Like, I'll mix it with Coke. So he was like, yeah, have, have a good time. So I had a good time with that Pappies, y'all. Holy crap. I feel like, aside from the fact that Pappy Van Winkle sounds like someone that would have, like, Voted for George Wallace and Sean Thurman. Yes, um, you know I'm, I. I just hope that 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 you weren't literally drinking liquid racism. Like that's my hope. Uh, <laughs> that you yeah, I mean, listen, drinking if, straight oppression. In your yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, like I try not to think about it, 
bourbon comes from the South. I just think anything that comes from the South is synonymous with racism Whoa, and oppression. Oh, anything? So, no, not anything. We have a lot not of anything. listeners. We have listeners from, from the yes. South. Man. Right. Come well, on. hey, look, they, they could probably co-sign what I'm saying. So I'm just saying All that, right. like, uh, you know... Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes when uh, the toilet flushes, it whistles Dixie in South Carolina. So you know, I, you know, I, I know that for uh, for for a uh, for a fact. Um, in fact, uh, the Citadel, uh, one of the great institutions of Charleston, South Carolina, just stopped maybe 10, 15 years ago playing Dixie after the national anthem. Wow. For all of their all of their sporting events. You serious? So you, yes. So you had like black athletes standing on the sidelines or on the, you know, on the side of the court or whatever. After the national anthem played, they played Dixie. Um and and you know, you just had to sat, stand there and take it. Wow. So I I mean, I guess that's why like Commander Shepard said, "Yo, we got to launch a citadel into space." Yes, it's crazy. It, it, so, it is crazy. So <laughs> that's why they launched into space. And said we got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to get this shit off the planet. Y'all out here wilding. <laughs> oh so, uh, well, well, uh, while they're out there wilding, uh, who wasn't wilding was y'all last week. Uh, what a great show! Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. I'm sorry that I wasn't there, but uh, you know, my three, my three siblings. Y'all, y'all, y'all take care of the ship, and and it was really, it was really dope to listen to y'all. Just kind of listen and be a fan. It's that's yeah, I kind of like that. It was a really fun show, though. I do. I'm so mad at Ka for not naming the show Black Ops. I like, I, I, I like, I don't know how he would have spelled it, but when I re-listened to the show, like, you know, it's it's always different when you listen to shows based. Um, it's always different from like when you're on them. And it right. was just so funny. I couldn't stop laughing every time he did right. that. I was like, yo, that's got it. That's, that's, that, that should have been the name of the show. Yes. Well, so. you know, sometimes uh, we, we, we can't help what we do. If you, so if you name the show beforehand, it, it doesn't, you don't know what you're going to get when you, when you actually are in the show. Because these events are not scripted yet, everyone. Yo. This is we're, we're not we're not reading off the teleprompters. We're live. We're fantastic. We do it the best. The best. The best ad libs. The best <laughs> in, improvisation. We just we're stupendous, Bigly. Um. So, uh, what else is stupendous, Bigly? Uh, besides the fact that the uh, the team Mueller has finally started subpoenaing the the Trump organization is the fact that games are really starting to come into play and we can start talking about games that we're playing. So, Reef, I know uh, you and, and Tanya are really like, you guys are like the vanguards. You are the uh, the, the the paladins of going out and, and finding great, great games uh, to play. So, Reef, what are you playing right now? Well, I'll say the one game that I'm still inching through, and it's funny because I thought I would have been done by now, but the game is really a lot deeper and just has like 
I feel like it's just never going to end and not in a bad way um, is night in the woods. Um, this really, really fantastic indie title about a character named may that essentially returns to her sort of mining neighborhood that is totally like a Trump neighborhood where like, you know, like everybody's out of work and, and like, uh, she's like a college dropout and it's just you reconnecting with your friends there going on different adventures but it's just i thought it would be kind of like a couple of hours and a great experience but i've been going on multiple multiple hours because there's so many side characters and different side quests that you can go on and they're all like super rewarding and as i've been streaming the game a lot of people thank god have not been like backseat kind of gaming but they have been like after i do something they'll share how like they did it or 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 like or like what what the devs have 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 like said that their like intention for like for like different scenes were because like uh, this because like the the game is like i don't know i i think it came out last summer so it's definitely been out for for, for like a little while um but um yeah it's it's just so like i don't want it to end man i don't want it to yeah. end. it yeah. is so good I recommend everybody pick it up. It's like 20 bucks. It's on Xbox, PS4, PC, Switch. You know what I'm saying? It's just a fantastic, fantastic game. And now I understand why it was on so many people's like top 10 games of the year. Because even though it's small, kind of weird indie title, it, it absolutely right. has had an impact on me. Almost like no other game because it really is about like you know like you're going to trump country and you're (laughs) identifying with you know with this town that used to identify itself as like mining and like now there was like a big flood and like you're dealing with like the frustrations of like people and the happiness and the success you get in this argument with your mother that was like so fucking real and almost triggering for me really because wow like like you get in this really like you you know, it's like those arguments that like you would have as a teenager with with your parents, where like you would be, where, where like you would be like you know like like I hate living in this house, I hate you, and you right. slam, <laughs> and, you, and you slam your door, you know, right. um, like there's one of those moments, and I felt like I felt myself getting worked up because I had identified with the what both the mom and May so much. So, man, what a what what a fantastic game! I literally would recommend it to like anyone. Um, wow! It, it yeah, is, I haven't it played it yet. Incredible, yeah. you know. It's in and for for like a, for like a twenty bucks, you just can't beat it. You just cannot yeah. beat it. Cannot beat yeah, it. At well, all. I mean, there you go. There you go. Uh, I mean, that's that's fantastic. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Um, yeah, I've really been kind of slacking. I've been, uh, you know, I've been I've been playing the game of work. Um, <laughs> is that like tetris basically right yeah it is yeah it is it is on uh it is on new game plus nice. and it is kicking it is kicking my ass so yeah so i've been i've been uh logging extra and extra and extra hours of work uh so that is Look, uh, this is this is why you got to get that switch man yeah you got to get yeah. that switch and then take that bathroom break yeah, you know what I'm saying right, and, right, and, and, and like knock out some games. Yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe I can, maybe I can, you know, while I'm sitting on the corner of happy and healthy, uh, 
So I guess that's not our slogan anymore, but, uh, you know, that's, that's okay. Um, so I have been playing, um, when I am not playing work, uh, I have been diving back into, uh, kind of apropos as we, uh, we, we celebrate, uh, the home going of two, two, uh, monumental figures, uh, in, in our lives, um, the one and only Amityville's own Mr. Craig Mack, uh, who was just like Uniblab, and uh, the great physicist um, uh, Dr. Stephen Hawking. Um, I have been diving deep into the Milky Way galaxy in one of my favorite games in this generation, uh, Frontier Development's Elite Dangerous. Uh, they, as I think the last time I was on the show with you, Reef, we talked about uh, that there was going to be a new update called Beyond Chapter One, where they've mm-hmm. added some new uh, some new stuff into the game. You can now, uh, so you could always wing up with your friends or random people, and you guys can fly together in a wing, or you can just be wherever you are in the in the galaxy. Um, but you always knew where where one of your three friends were. Uh, in, in your wing of four. Um, but now, uh, you know, what would happen is you would get a mission and your friends, like maybe you had, uh, I've got to mine something and you're out there in a mining ship and you're vulnerable to pirates. So you have your friend who has a really good combat ship come and protect you. Then you finish your mission and you don't make any, you know, the, the friend who's helping you doesn't make any money. You have no way of giving them money. Um, and they have no way of earning any income outside of, you know, shooting any pirates or anyone that comes up against you if they have bounties so they can raise some, you know, raise some credits that way. Uh, but now there is a way for you to share your missions with your wing. So you can share one of the missions that you have with your wing and they earn the same income on the mission that you would. Uh, so it really changes the paradigm of how you play the game and and that's it's really really helpful um there have been a lot of changes to the game that make the game itself more accessible to um more casual players i wouldn't say the lay person because yeah. no one that yeah. plays this game is a is a lay person it's um, not a but, lay game right but they're you know for people that play the game more casually and and uh like as i as i look uh, I've played the game total. Now the game's been out for three years now, two or three years. Um, I've only got ten days total in the game. Um, only, only ten. Yeah, days. I was like, only. <laughs> right, right. I've only played it. I've only played it for two hundred and fifty hours. Um, so I, I've played it for ten days. I'm on and on the Xbox. The great thing about the Xbox, uh, you can compare your stats now and achievements and stuff like that against your friends and your friends list. Um, I am 17th on the on my list of people who have played this game of friends on my games on my games list who have played this game. The top person on my list has played 192 days. Yo, okay, okay. They have to have. The does the um oh yeah sorry Xbox um doesn't have any VR stuff because I was about to say they I was I was like they they have to be in VR <laughs> like right, they gotta right, be in VR right. <laughs> and like they haven't left right, right, <laughs> they have right, not left right yeah yeah so um 
Yeah, I mean the game is for those for those people who uh you know as a, like a broken record um you know if it scratches it scratches a very specific itch um if you have that itch and you really don't know if you have that itch until you experience it but if you have that itch there really isn't an, an experience um like it. it 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 is truly truly remarkable i i absolutely love that game frontier developments holla at your boy yo now holla is it, at your boy david braven <laughs> holla at your boy is it possible He's, to game that system at all that you mentioned like so like, uh, yes it sounds like like you can just have people that say hey i'll give you a mission like i'll like i'll put you in my uh what do you call it? the um wings in 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 the wing just temporarily i'll do a mission and you'll get the money sure like, sure like, can you i mean do that yeah, you absolutely can, and there there are things that happen in the game, and and uh, um, you know one uh, another great thing about this game is the community. I, I was talking to a friend on the game the other day and was saying that you know most games, uh, the, the you know the the amount of people if you if you gauge the percentage of people that are active in forums and Reddit and what have you, uh, are, it's probably like two or three percent, and that's probably on the high end of actual game players. Um, of that game, I would venture to guess for Elite Dangerous, that number is in the double digit percentages. Um, you know, the people that play this game really, really love this game and they really love the community and, and try and help people out. And so what happens is you wind up hearing about lots of different things uh, within the game that are exploitive, uh, if, if you will, where, you know, there are missions or there are trade runs that will allow you to make a lot of money. Uh, if you could be a space Uber driver. So for a while, there were these things called passenger missions that were doling out tons and tons and tons of money. So a lot of people did those things, uh, and made a bunch of money and got into really big ships, but didn't really know how to play the game. And and that's the thing about this game is that you can do things that make yourself a lot of to earn a lot of income, but it really doesn't teach you how to play the game. Right. Uh, and so, like, you know, your ability to fly your ship, your ability to kit your ship out and do the things that you need to do in order to be successful in things outside of just buying the biggest and baddest ship Um are are determined and and are earned and and you you know like you you kind of form those skills by playing the game. So th there's no way for you to game your ability to be better in 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 the experience of being a, a pilot in Elite Dangerous. Okay. Gotcha. And and an engineer and you know to be to be the Han Solo that Han Solo is. Um, which uh, is just, it's, it really is a great experience. I want to be the Donald Glover of the solo. Yes. So I want to be. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, Mike and Thrope in the chat was talking about uh, the flight model. Flight model uh, is really good. Yes, it is. It is, it is impeccable. Uh, and there's a group I've talked about them before. Uh, there's a group of human players that, you know, spawned up organically called the fuel rats that have a website uh, that goes across all the platforms, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. If you're out in space and you run out of fuel, you can go on the website and tell them, hey, I'm stranded, I need fuel. They're like they're like uh, Elite's version of AAA, and they will come to you and give you fuel. And they have their own special, uh, they have their own special uh, paint jobs, uh, 
So, so, you know, everybody in the game knows these guys are field rats. You shouldn't mess with them. Don't try and interdict them. Don't try to, to, uh, blow them up. Don't do any of that kind of stuff. Cause they're just out here helping people. And that's, that's what they do. Like these people play the game going around, giving people, you know, interstellar jumps. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. This game is amazing. I love it. Yeah, it, it like reminds me of some of the role play servers that have sprung up for uh, Grand Theft Auto, where you yes. go on some of the multiplayer games and there's people that are just cab drivers and they yes and they're in the role and they say well, where you go they drive you there they have a conversation with you they drop you off and that's it and there's like yeah. Yeah. people people that are just working at stores or you know yeah. it's, it's it's amazing I mean I I, I yeah. just love how these big sandboxes that the devs make can like sometimes be just taken and used in a way that I'm sure that they might not have expect expected. It's great. Yeah, it is. It is great. Uh, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it makes when, when you can have these kind of buzzword time, uh, buzzword alert, organic moments, uh, that, that are just naturally ingrained in, in these games. It, it makes for, uh, it makes for like, spectacular another buzzword alert emergent types of gameplay Ooh, experiences nice. um thank you thank you sir um another game that has done much the same in a, a in a very different way uh has been the game the free-to-play game that has been a breakout hit on the uh playstation 4 and the xbox one and that game is fortnite uh, uh, more specifically, Fortnite Battle Royale, which has kind of taken the the world, the gaming world by storm, and is competing head to head with its uh, its spiritual cousin or big brother or uh, you know stepbrother or rival, depending on where you are, the player unknowns battlegrounds, uh, and uh, Fortnite. Uh, from Epic Games, had a very, very big night on this very own little channel called Twitch, twitch.tv. There was a, uh, there's a big, big Fortnite player named Ninja who streams Fortnite on Twitch uh, a lot. Uh, And you can play, you can play Fortnite in uh, solo mode. Uh, you can play it in squads. You can play it 50. Well, you used to be able to play it 50, 50 V 50. Uh, and you can play it co-op. And last night, Ninja was uh, joined by someone north of the wall. North of the wall. <laughs> north of the wall. He is every NBA player's best friend, according to him. Sure. You know, repping the six. Six he guy. is, yeah, he is the one and only Drizzy Drizzy Drake. Uh, Drake joined Ninja to play some Fortnite, and um, uh, the internet went a little bonkers, and so did Twitch, breaking records. Uh, they were over at at its peak, over six hundred thousand people That's watching great. Drake and and Ninja play some Fortnite. Build build some uh, wooden stairs and shoot people in uh, cartoon cartoon violence um it is crazy it it uh 
a smash the record by our good friend Doctor Disrespect. That was sarcasm. Yeah, I was there. like, "You're good, friend. Um, maybe right." <laughs> our good friend uh, Doctor Disrespect, who had I think three hundred and ninety-one thousand, or somewhere somewhere along that lines, three hundred eighty thousand yeah. uh, viewers at his peak uh, when he returned back to to uh, playing uh, PUBG. And uh, I mean, they just destroyed that. And I think the average was well in the six figures. It was probably around 300,000 or 280,000 as the average uh, for people that were sitting and watching Drake and and Ninja uh, have a blast playing Fortnite. Uh, did you did you sit and watch any of it, uh, Reef? I did watch a bit of it. Um, I did see tw- Twitter absolutely losing its mind. Um, and then I started getting my alerts that I have set up for CNN and MSNBC. They were all reporting right. on this. Yes. So yes. this completely broke out of our normal sort of gaming sphere of Twitter and just completely took over for like a good hour. I would say, yes. I, I, I heard all these tweets like, what is Fortnite? You know, I don't know what Fortnite right. is, but Drake is doing Drake is doing something, you know. Um, so, man, like, can Fortnite get any better advertising? Because I still don't think Fortnite or PUBG even are like really known outside of gaming. Really, like they're not like a no, Call of Duty yeah. kind of game where no, they no they they, they haven't they haven't hit the zeitgeist in in a way. Uh, that yeah, that makes them synonymous with, you know, they're not Madden, they're not Two K, yeah, they're like not World Call of, of Duty, they're the, right, 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 exactly. They're yeah. not those games where where people just automatic or Minecraft. They don't know yeah. um, these the that game those games yet um, outside of the gaming circles. Now inside the gaming circles, uh, very very oh, big, obviously, obviously, but um, the fact that. The fact that Drake is is a big big fan of Fortnite, him and his him and his crew, uh, they play it a lot in the studio, um, and uh, he had been following Ninja for a little while, and and Epic was able to get them together, and 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 uh, and they were you know were able to make magic happen, um, make you know break records last night. Um, what do you think this means for? This tug of war, this battle, whether or not I, I watched the the no clip interview, um, amazing documentary um, by a friend, Daniel Dwyer, with uh, Brendan Green, a.k.a. Player Unknown, about uh, about PUBG itself and, and about himself and and this. And he kind of really he really downplayed this rivalry between PUBG and Fortnite and, and you know, PUBG and all of the other battle royale type of imposters and, and or and not imposters but but battle royale uh games that are out in the market and he said you know look we're games we make games you know there is no there's no rivalry you know you make a game i make a game and and they're games so let's just have fun and play the games um but what do you think that so let's pretend he didn't say that or let's ignore the fact that he said that and said that there is a rivalry um what do you what do you think this does for Fortnite in in the zeitgeist in the rivalry uh between itself and and PUBG Well I think Fortnite definitely as of late has definitely had the 
the buzz. Um, I still think that PUBG, because, you know, obviously it costs money, it's still going to dominate from a business perspective, whereas the Battle Royale and, you know, and Fortnite is free. Um, but obviously there's, you know, there's they're going to play in all kinds of stuff that you can buy for it. But I think that uh, Player Unknown and Microsoft are sitting pretty pretty because they're getting a lot of money out of PUBG. Um, but right. yeah, I definitely agree in terms of the zeitgeist Fortnite is in terms of what people are streaming Fortnite. Um, I mean, there's definitely streaming both in huge numbers, but Fortnite is, I think the more exciting one. Um, it's the one that I know that a lot of former big streamers of destiny two have kind of migrated to, um, right. and events like this. I can guarantee you that there's going to be some some um, other rappers and celebrities that are going to be like, hey, I want to trend for a few hours. I'm going to contact, right, right. you know, DJ Knight or uh, or uh, or uh, C's who like plays a lot of like Fortnite. And like, I'm going to, you know, set up a match, you know, so so I, so so I'd be really curious to see like, you know, people's agents trying to contact some of these bitch <laughs> dreamers and like get them to, to like play. I mean, we've like already seen a little bit of this when like EA tries to invite all these like celebrities and stuff to like a EA right. play to play like battlefield and like 2k. Right. And I mean, not right now 2k M- NBA live I mean, NBA um, live right. and that kind Madden, of stuff. Right, but yeah. I think that this could really open right. up like an avenue of promotion, both for the game and, and the celebrity that's that's like dreaming, even if they suck, you know. Um, right. Our uh, Captain Ka, he um, he like tweeted out like, you know, if like if like you wanted to play Fortnite with a star, who would you play with? And there were just some great remarks. Everything from like you know, Obama to to uh, Chadwick <laughs> Boseman and Lapita, you know, like. So right. like yeah, right. I, I honestly think that this you know this this can be a thing, you know. Um, yeah. But but as as I, as I said before, I think the rivalry is a little overstated because PUBG is making the money. I don't think they care mm-hmm. if Fortnite is sort of the the uh, pretty uh, the the uh, the one that's like, getting more of the attention as of now. Yeah, I, I, I wonder about that. I mean, I think what it really, what it really boils down to, though, is esports, right? Like, esports is where all of this stuff is going to come to a head, and this is where it's all ultimately. This is where it's all leading, is uh, is to get into these tournaments with big money and sponsors and and you know all that jazz and and you know. Whether it be TV viewers, um, as we've we've already seen with uh, Activision Blizzard, was able to make uh, a, a phenomenon out of the the Overwatch the Overwatch League uh, using their app and and using online stuff. So maybe you don't have you can forego TV and you can create your own app and and do do stuff that way. But I think ultimately. That's where that's where all of this stuff is is turning, and it, and it, you know I wonder if the buzz around Fortnite, um, you know, first off the barrier of entry is so much smaller. 
um, for for Fortnite. It's a free to play game. Well, at least, you know, the Battle Royale part. It's a free-to-play game. There are microtransactions, uh, so you can buy skins and stuff like that. But it doesn't change the the way the game is played fundamentally. It just changes the aesthetic. Uh, so, you know, that, that barrier of entry is gone when, you know, when the game is free. Um, it's on three major platforms, PC, the Xbox One, and the PlayStation 4. So most people, most people have one of those three uh, platforms in their home so they can go ahead and, and get it as opposed to uh, PUBG, which is only gold on the PC and on console is only available on the Xbox One. Uh, I, you know, is doing phenomenally well financially for Blue Hole and, and for Microsoft and for Brendan Green, but... but uh, you know, the fact that so many people, especially since PlayStation is uh, PS4 is still the number one home gaming console in the world. Uh, the fact that you can play Fortnite on on that console makes, you know, makes a, 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 the ability for it to be visible uh, and and to be repeatable in in so many different ways, shapes and forms uh, a great thing. Now, having said that, the fact that. Uh, Microsoft has just announced cross-platform play with the PC on, now this may be a mistake, I don't know, you know, depending on how they do it, but cross-platform play with the PC um, and the Xbox One um, allows, you know, closes that bridge, narrows that bridge a lot for for Fortnite players, um, and Sony, again, is still not participating in that kind of stuff, Um but it, but that's a big win for Microsoft on the, on that end. But it's still about getting that esports stuff down and 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 getting it going. Yeah, and and like that again was what was so crazy about this was because the whole reason Drake was able to play with Ninja and you know he claimed to be a fan of of Ninja like before this is because the PC and PS4 have cross platform play, which is brand new. Right. And um, right. I believe that uh, Ninja's on a PC and Drake is on AIPS4. So not only was this, you know, a big advertisement for both of them, but for this new mode that they, and I wonder if they planted this shit, man. <laughs> you, right. You, you know, but even if they did, it's still cool, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and also you forgot one platform that just launched today invite invite only ios so fortnite battle oh, royale okay. is on wow. ios and they are promising cross-platform play with the ios version i have no idea how wow. that's gonna work because you're you don't have yeah. buttons and, and like all that right. stuff but but like i read a few articles with like first impressions and people are saying like yo this this is the game. Like this is the console game. You know what I'm saying? Huh. Okay. So okay. yeah. So uh-huh. it's it's this game is uh even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, um, I recognize why right. it's like catching on and stuff. But yeah, there is a iOS version of a Fortnite and like it looks good and supposedly it controls not bad either. Um and like I it's on both the iPhone and the Pro. I'm so, so, sorry, right. and the uh, I, and uh, the, the iPad, 
you know, and, right. you know, oh, and wow. like obviously the textures are worse and all that stuff, of course. Right, right, right. But you can right. play the full game, and I'm telling you, if we get to the point where we're connecting to servers to play with Microsoft and PlayStation people from a phone, yo, that's crazy. Right. And that this is the game to yeah. do it is very impressive. So like that would get me to try out more of like Fortnite if I could boot it on my phone and ruin my uh, data plan. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, yeah, well, I guess, I guess so. You know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, switch to T-Mobile. It's truly unlimited data. Um, they're not paying me to say that. <laughs> uh, nobody's T-Mo. paying me to say that. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, they holla at your boy. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, oh, uh, an aftermath to, uh, last night's, uh, ninja twitch stream is he made at least twenty five thousand dollars last night based what? on last night uh the uh, yeah because the, I had... the amount of subscribers wow. the amount of subscribers that he received wow um so yeah so, like, so congratulations oh, wait, wait, wait. so ninja. like new subscribers new wow, subscribers because he already has a ton yeah. i imagine but holy yeah crap. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'm, so i'm just seeing he added nine hundred thousand followers on Twitch last night. Yeah. This is somebody that already yeah. is one of the top streamers around. Man, that's crazy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So congratulations congratulations to him, man. You know, that's that's a big deal. Um it's uh, Fortnite's a great game. I you know, I love that that there's this debate there. I mean, there was a debate internally um between myself and and our great captain Khalif who is not here along with uh Cypher of Tear, who's in the chat, but it, they are both on their way to uh, beautiful, foggy San Francisco for the Game Developers Conference. So uh, uh, if you are in the San Francisco area, look for them there. It's going to be a blast. Uh, and uh, Kyle will be hosting the Blacks in Gaming yes. uh, uh, panel, or not even panel, uh, event yeah, yeah. Uh, sponsored by Microsoft uh, yet again. So... Uh, um, you know, real, real proud of my bro. And, uh, you know, Cypher's going to be out there and you never know what Cypher, Cypher of Tears is going to get into. Tanya, Tanya, she'd be out there. Um, you know, she's, uh, moving and shaking and always making things happen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you are in the San Francisco area and stay close to Twitter and check things out, uh, make sure you say what's up to them. Um, uh, additionally, I, you know, so I, you know, uh, Fortnite's a great game. It's it's uh, really great. It's great to have this this rivalry going on. Great conversation. Um, it, it like you were saying, Reef. It's not necessarily a game that you like. Uh, not necessarily a, a genre that you that you you rock with too tough. But a genre I know that you do rock with real tough are uh, the Telltale games. Uh, these story story driven point and click games. I really love them. Um, and, uh, but, but there's, there's kind of this conversation now saying like, Hey, when, when the walking dead, the game, uh, season one, first, first release, it was a phenomenon. It was really a, a fantastic game. Um, you know, gave everybody the feels, um, and it really kind of ironed down the style, this kind of cell shaded animated style that, uh, that Telltale was trying to work out with with some of their previous games, Jurassic Park, uh, the game, and and Back to the Future, the game, um, but uh, 
but they got you know they got it right with with the walking dead and they've used that formula and essentially that engine you know has been tweaked and upgraded a few times but over the last four years basically um and and it's it's starting to look a little long in the tooth um what do you think about the telltale style do you think it's time for them to change do you think it's Time for them to kind of shake shake things up and, and do something different? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, everything gets old eventually. Um, I really do love these kind of games. But one thing I really loved about um, Don't Nod's Life is Strange is they added sort of the time travel element to it. So you could rewind decisions and, like, that kind of thing. So they added this extra mechanic to it. Um my hope for the Telltale style games is that they they can integrate other parts of game of other mechanics that exist in games, and I think they're a little scared to like do that. Like, I would love to have something, would say the production values of going through a first person area in say Doom or like Wolfenstein. And then get to a point where I have to have a conversation with like a someone and make some like decisions that affect the rest of the story. And then maybe I have to do some really cool platforming, right? Or, or some first person right. stuff. That's the kind of stuff that they don't have now. It's basically only the conversations. And then they have like these kind of puzzles where like you have to walk around the like environment and like figure out how things work together. I think you can have that stuff in there too. But I think that they've been shying away from um, some of the more action-oriented like mechanics that they could put into their games. Um, but I think they realize that it's you know that it's not their wheelhouse, and maybe they need to outsource that or like hire some people in right. that like uh, know how to like tune a good jump or like uh, how how you walk or the feel of like different weapons. Um, right. You know, I I think that that's something that really could take their games to the next level and have people um, that might not originally play Telltale games because they might think that they're these quote-unquote kind of walking simulators. Um, I think it would open it to um, people that like a little more, you know, things to do like me like mechanically in their games. I think if they don't right. do this, they're definitely in the danger, in danger of, of their games becoming irrelevant soon. E even though I like them, I think that they're not going to engage the amount of people that they need to to justify like a making them and we know that like a telltale already had some layoffs late last year um right around um when um batman enemy enemy within dropped um so they're already kind of like feeling the pressure so i hope that they really um try to charge try, try to revise th things a bit and hopefully that means to you know make them a little more mechanically diverse. Yeah, well, um, what do you say to people that that are like, well, you're fundamentally taking what was a point-and-click adventure and you're taking those point-and-click adventures away um, by adding all of these other action, action-oriented... Uh, uh traits uh to to these to these types of mechanics to these to these titles um doesn't that fundamentally change what they are and doesn't that like keep it from being a a 
point and click adventure, a game that is pretty much accessible to to uh, gamers and non gamers alike. Well, I don't think they need to stay within the bounds of point and click adventure. I think we're in a time where you don't have to be in one genre. Like some of the more successful games are ones that blend parts from different genres and make something new. And I think that they. Yes, they could take the safe route and say, we're just going to make straight point and clicks. And that's where I think they'll run into some danger because I don't know how long that market would be able to sustain them. But I think that if like they say, we're going to go, go out of the genre, take what we like from this, and then just just create something that that's like fun, that's not necessarily within the boundaries of an established genre. I think that that's, you know, that that would get me excited. You know, and like I think it has the best chance of getting other people that have kind of checked out of the Telltale games excited as well. Hmm. So, uh, someone in the chat, uh, let me see if I can. Oh, so Play Games Patty, uh, as you were describing like the platforming elements and, and some of the like first person elements and, and that kind of stuff, said, you know, basically, isn't that Mass Effect? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I I think Mass Effect does that very well. Um, then again, Mass Effect is a you know fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty hour opus that takes years right. to make. I'm not saying that they should make right. those kind of games, but I would love mm-hmm. to see a game with the action and decision making of like Mass Effect that just like uh, the Telltale games are like five, you know, two hour. Right. Episodes. Right. Um, right. There was um, I know that, you know, there there were supposed to be like these Half-Life episodic games that that were supposed to come out that like never really did. Um, I think that right. it's a huge opportunity that I I hope that they can do because um, otherwise I think that they're going to keep on shedding people. Yeah, well, it's so it's it's funny. So I so so you're basically saying like keep the episodic portion of it, like that that part yes. is good. Um, but but now take what you've done, like you know, and keep your storytelling elements because you guys oh, are course. great at that. But 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 now it's time to to add some new mechanics. It's time to add some new elements to uh, the things that you already do well. So that you you guys can be more successful, um, and you know to to an extent, I like I understand, I completely understand exactly what you're saying, and and the way I've treated Telltale is, and you know, and maybe this is maybe this is part of the problem is it's like I know the formula, and I will invest in a game based on. Uh, a property uh, or a license that they have that I'm interested in. Uh, so if, you know, when they did Tales from the Borderlands, I was interested in that. And, you know, Walking Dead, I, I've i never watched the show. I've, I think I've seen like one episode ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, but I've really enjoyed those yeah. games. They were great. Um, and, I, you know, I had never heard of The Wolf Among Us, even though I'm a comic book fan. Um, so being able to play in in that world was great, but then Tales from the Borderlands was was phenomenal. Um, uh, Game of Thrones was really good, and and you know the Batman games have been great. I haven't played Guardians yet, and I would love to play Guardians. Um, but like, 
But it is one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, I haven't, I've never played the Minecraft, uh, Tales of Minecraft or whatever that's called because I, I know I don't play Minecraft. Um, and it's, you know, is it, are we supposed to uh, dip in and out or are we supposed to want to buy everything that Telltale makes because you know that Telltale makes great games? I think they need to change it up in the same way that the last episode we talked about what Call of Duty needed to do to re-engage people. Now, they're always going to make the money, right? So it's hard to make the argument because they're going to sell out either way. But, you know, I'm speaking as a gamer and as a fan of the industry and the creativity that I know is there. And for me personally, I'm like, like, you guys have been making this too long. Like, you guys got to change it up a bit. Um, And I think that at this point, Telltale has been making these games for a while now. Basically the same engine. Basically the same games just skinned over with these new, um, new, like, licenses. And, yeah, I could definitely see myself disengaging from it a bit even if the games are not bad like i've never played a bad telltale game yet like they've all been good to me some have been better than others but i can't say that like any have been awful um (laughs) but they do need to keep up that excitement um and for me as a fan i want to see them do different things and i'm sure that those devs want to be doing different things as well because like they want to be challenged and do different things as well yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, let's find out what Bricago thinks. Uh, obviously, uh, you know that uh, you can reach out and talk to us. So we want to know. We want to know what you guys think. So please, please let us know either via Twitter or email or, uh, you know, you know, give me a call. I don't know. Um, send me <laughs> Just a text. like a personal call. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so, um, yeah. So it's it's time now. Uh to give props to go uh, as as Reef talked about time traveling, um, it's time to go way back in time to January 2017 to our prediction show where Reef made a prediction about Microsoft and uh, what they were going to do with E3 for next for this E3 uh, 2018 and. Uh, Reef, I will allow you at this point to be Reef Stradamus. <laughs> tell people if you remember, tell people sure. what you said. I think I basically kind of said it, and then and then tell micro tell tell about talk about what Microsoft has yeah. done. You so asshole. my prediction, <laughs> so my prediction was that you know either Microsoft or Sony would not would not be at E three in their traditional capacity meaning that they won't have their big booth set up and they won't have their sort of like big uh, stage stage presence. Essentially, like that most of them would kind of go like the way of Nintendo, meaning like uh, Nintendo has a huge presence at like e- E3. Like their booth is enormous. They got salespeople all around, but they don't, you know, have their conference and they don't kind of do on that stuff. And we know that like both Bethesda and Electronic Arts have kind of, you know, moved out of the convention center and sort of set up their own own big things that where they host their own fans and they do that stuff. So this week, Microsoft said that, you know, they're moving their entire presence for Xbox 
out of the E3 convention center um, into LA Live, which is like sort of a conglomerate mall that's like across the street from the LA convention center. So they're still like steps away, but they're not in the mix in the big convention center. Now they are going to have like their big mixer booth still um, in the exhibit hall, Um, but they're moving everything to LA Live. So it's essentially exactly what Electronic Arts did when they moved all their stuff over to Hollywood. And and like now they have, Right. Well, first, first to LA oh, Live yeah, right. with EA yeah, Play yeah. was in LA Live two years right. ago. Right. Yes, and like they have this cool like three day event where you can go and you can fully absorb into the world of like electronic arts, and it feels cool. And like they can curate the message and the people and um, all that stuff. So like they're still having like their briefing at the Microsoft Theater, right? Um, but they won't be on the convention center floor. So. I feel yeah. like I should give myself partial credit because, you know, it's not a, com- yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, I didn't hit it on the head, but I still think it was a damn good job. I'm just saying. It, it was a damn good job. And, you know, much to my chagrin, I got to give you props, man. I got to give you props. Cause even when we talked about the predictions from last year in this year's prediction show, um, I I laughed at you, <laughs> you and did. said they'll be at E3. I did, <laughs> and uh, and you know, and you turned out to be right. Uh, so so congratulations, sir. Well done, well done. I I didn't I didn't believe it. Um, but but what do you think? Uh, you know, your prediction aside, what do you think of this move? What do you uh, uh you know, since we're all uh for the very first time. Everyone, well, for the first off, for the very first time, Sharif, Khalif, and myself will be in the same place at the same time, and uh, for all the worlds will collide because for the very first time, Sharif, uh, Khalif, myself, and Tanya yeah. will be together for the very first time. What do you think? Uh, so at E three. And since we're covering it, um, what do you think of this move? How uh, difficult do you think it's going to make it to properly cover um, E3 in this way? So, you know, so you've got the L.A. Convention Center, you've got things going on at L.A. Live, and then you've got the EA Play event that's going to be happening someplace else. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think of, of all of this stuff happening? Uh, but Microsoft specifically, I think this is the future. Um, I think EA can get away with it because their event is before E3 proper. So it's before the convention center opens. So as I press, um, we go, we do all our EA interviews and like all that stuff. And then we're done with EA. And then like, obviously there's still EA games on the convention floor because they have, uh, like uh, uh, a, a ton of games. So like uh, their games show up, you, you know, at the Sony section, but now not at the Microsoft section because that'll be at right. LA Live. Um, but there'll right. definitely be EA stuff at the Sony and like a Nintendo booth. Um, so like, you know, with the Xbox thing, it's going to be a little challenging because as I, as I understand this, they're not going to, they're not like EA Live where they're having it before it. This is this is during E3 when the convention center is 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 open, meaning 
it's going to be a big right. challenge for us covering because usually we have a list of appointments and they're not quite back to back, but they're definitely pretty close. Right. So that right. means if we book our Microsoft stuff, we got to make sure we have enough time to leave LA live, go to the convention center and then go to our next appointment. Um, you know, so I think that it's definitely going to be a logistical challenge for us that are covering the event. Um, I think that for the people from the public that are going, I think they're going to love it. Like there's going to be nothing but Microsoft fanboys up in LA live, you know, and they have their space where they don't have to go anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Everything they want is like right there. Um, so it'll be interesting. I hope it loosens up the congestion on the convention center floor a little bit. Um, I hope so. Because last year yeah. was a bit of a mess. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think this is the future, man. I think that, you know, um, Microsoft sees that like Nintendo is still able to galvanize the attention and like do that stuff when they have good stuff out, obviously, um, even though they don't have sort of a similar presence. So I think that like Microsoft said, Hey, we got the clout, like Bethesda EA and stuff to move our stuff off site. Like we're Microsoft, you know, and then and, and, right. <laughs> and then we can control everything. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's that's like what they're doing. I think it's a great move. I guarantee you. I guarantee it's not a, not a, not a prediction show, but I guarantee Sony will follow them within two years. Wow, within yeah. two years. Within okay. two years. So so, so, so like either so, either so 2019 with, or with a 2020 the, E3, if E3 is still around. So. <laughs> So, right, so with with the release of the PS5, yes. yep. they will exactly. They will. They're, they they're going to they build a fucking uh, building the shape of a PS5. Right, <laughs> whatever that thing is going to look like, the first iteration exactly. of it, um, whatever kind of monstrosity that is. Um, so yeah, so you you actually ended on a really interesting point. Um, what do you think that means for the future of E3? And I, you know, obviously, I guess uh, I'll I'll give give a portion of that right now. But you know, I guess we'll we'll kind of get a sense. We'll be able to uh, taste the temperature of the or feel the temperature of the water when we're there this year. Um, but what do you think? You know, right here, right now, today is uh, is is going to be the fate of E3 as a result of something like this happening? I think E3 is fine. I mean, like, just because Microsoft isn't paying for the convention space, like, I think that the money that they're getting in from the public at attendees is hopefully enough. I mean, I haven't heard anything about them having trouble attracting people, and those ticket prices are, you know, pretty decent for people to uh, show up. Um, I do think that, the relevance of it is really going to come down to, you know, if like, uh, if like a people really s stop having the events around E3 time, meaning the uh, press conferences. I mean, like Nintendo has a direct during that time, but technically they can have a direct anytime. Sony already has right. their like a uh, PlayStation Now conference. They could just have their annual thing there if they wanted to. And Microsoft could do the uh, same thing, and then they can own the news cycle for that time. They don't have to compete for one day of news stuff, you know. So, so I think that right. once that happens, that's when I think E3 is going to kind of go down the tubes a bit. Um, and there's no real wow. sign of that happening yet, but I do think that you know, as I said, I think Sony is going to move like their stuff into their own Sony land somewhere, 
Um, right, right. You know, <laughs> Sony World. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, the right. the convention center is just going to be people selling controllers. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah, people selling controllers, a lot more space for uh, indie developers. Maybe it also frees up um, a space for double A titles, potentially. Uh, So, you know, as those indie games uh, gain some uh, steam and momentum, uh, maybe that, you know, maybe that's something that that happens and, and, you know, we'll be able to see them get uh, more exposure, uh, rightfully so. And, And like you said, they're, you know, for. Um, peripherals and accessories and and whatever the new weird wonky thing is, whether it be VR or AR or um, you know whatever it is, you know who knows what it's going to be. Uh, you know new new cloud technologies. Uh, you know whatever it is, maybe that's where that's what's going to occupy the space in E3 uh, going forward. But I definitely think you're right that. Uh, you know the what E three was is changing, um, and uh, you know not necessarily for the better or for the worse, um, but what you thought E three was is changing and it's not going to change back. So um, it you know it's interesting, and uh, you know speaking of of changing, uh, Ubisoft has done something that was really that's really unique with a title uh, that came out around this time last year, uh, or actually about a month, uh, 13 months ago, uh, For Honor. They've released what's called the For Honor Starter Kit for only fourteen ninety nine. dollars So this is like, it's like For Honor Lite? No, so, so um, the cool thing about it is it's the full game. The only difference is that it doesn't come with all of the playable characters that you can play against. And there's different classes and like that kind of stuff. So this is very similar to the Rainbow Six Siege Starter Edition, which was a limited time right. thing for the PC, which I bought. I believe it was 15 okay. I forgot how much it was. It was 15 or like a 20 bucks. Once again, the full game, but you only get a few right. of the operators, which if you're really into the game... Having a few of the operators sucks because you really yeah, need to learn yeah. how to play the shield and offense and defense and stuff. Similar, similarly with like a four honor, it really does impact the game a lot if you're really into it. But for the people that are not really into it, that just want to check it out or or that want to play it right. on a casual basis, this opens up a huge market, right. huge market. Um, right. So I I think this is incredible. Um, I really 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 think that more. Well, I really really hope I should say that more companies look at these other price points um, and see what they can do to release their games. You, you know, um, at this point where it's the full game, but it might not have all of the customizations. You know, like uh, you know, like I can play, I can buy overwatch for like ten dollars and, and like only have maybe like five heroes in it you know it might sound like it sucks right, right. i think that sucks for me personally yeah. but to somebody that like had never wanted to invest the money said oh i can i can jump in at at 10 and like i see if i like it and if i like it i can upgrade to the full version this is awesome i mean we need more right. variety in price points and i think that 
Um, Absolutely. Ubisoft is doing a great thing here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, in, and it, it definitely does, as uh, someone in the in the chat, uh, shout out to Puscombs, uh, said that the initial game seemed promising, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't balanced correctly and it and it drove it drove them away. Um, I think this gives this gives another opportunity kind of, you know, kind of like what I was talking about uh, with Elite Dangerous, giving someone who is a little bit more casual, um, who is interested in in the premise of a game to experience the game, uh, you know, above and beyond a beta or a trial or something to that effect without having to spend the full price on on that game. Um, and and what it does for me as a person who bought the game when when it launched, uh, it gives me kind of incentive to go back and and try to, you know, experience it again for essentially the first time, um, just much like lots of other Ubisoft games that came out last year uh, and, and the year before with games like Rainbow Six Siege, where. Uh, you know, Siege, I think, was was fantastic, essentially from the jump, you know, was, uh, minus minus the the uh, the the Internet problems that always happens with Ubisoft titles. Um, but but games like The Division and uh, the horribly racist Ghost Recon uh, Wildlands, <laughs> uh, they they continue to support those games despite the 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 fan base in the community dropping off. And and they they you know they found something that really worked and the community came back um, and I think the division is really starting to see a new resurgence as a result of all the things that they've added to that game so I would love to see uh, Ferrana because I think that the the premise of Ferrana is is fantastic and being able to see more people come in and and play that game and experience that game you know could potentially give that game new life. Uh, that would be that would be, you know, really. Yeah. To see. And like if it's for honor, well, specifically, because the reason a lot of people dropped off, including me, even though I was super hype on the game when it first came out, right. was they had just massive, massive server issues that they honestly did not fix yeah. until recently. You know, when right. when they finally rolled out some like dedicated servers on the PC and the console side. So now they're kind of throwing a bone and say, hey. Our like online works. You can jump in at a low right. price point, and if you like it, upgrade it. If you don't, cool. You know, I think a lot of people are willing to gamble a bit on fifteen bucks as opposed to, to uh, right. sixty. So yeah, I, I yeah, I'm I, I'm a fan of this. Like I I I hope to see this more. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think unfortunately, what we'll see is well. I mean, I guess whenever it happens, is it happens. You know, a game, even a game that was released a long time ago, that if you're playing it for the first time, uh, is still new to you. So, uh, you know, with you know, my fear is that we'll only start to see this type of stuff with games that don't do well initially, right. or uh, you know, it, it, it'll be. 12 or 18 months into the into the life of of a title before we start to see these types of deals i would you know i would love to see this type of model um be introduced with a game um you know they i think they would see even more sales if there was a pricing model that allowed for 
players to determine how much of the game they wanted to get while still getting the full the full game. Um, but you know we'll we'll see we'll see how that we'll see how that works uh, going forward. Um, I think it's I think it's awesome, and uh, you know uh, like uh, again. I'll say it again, guys. Uh, you know, we want to know what you guys think. Um, you know, obviously, we love talking to ourselves. Uh, we love talking to you. <laughs> we want you guys to talk to us. So uh, let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, you know, would you like to see this type of model? What type of models would you like to see? Um, you know, I mean, run the gamut from free to play to 90 bucks for a you know premium game. Uh, you know, speaking of which, like uh, God of War has three different versions that are like a hundred dollars there's like some goofy digital version and then uh um the the uh, uh mlb the show 18 has uh some digital versions that are a hundred bucks or more Ooh. one comes with one comes with uh there's, I think, one you can get from GameStop that comes with. It's a digital copy of Does the it come game. With an NBA player, but it, but it it comes with a Aaron Judge New Era Yankees hat. Okay. So, so yeah, so I mean that's that'll sell well in New York and it'll sell well for Yankees fans, but I don't think it'll sell well for anybody else because most other. I mean, either you're a Yankee fan or you hate pretty the Yankees. much. You fucking hate them. So yeah, there's um, not much you know, of a middle so ground with that team. Right. Yeah. So so I mean, maybe people will buy that and and, you know, try to put the roots on on uh, on judge or something like that. Don't do that, please. Please. Aaron Judge. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Where where uh, where's that sweet spot? Uh, do you think there is a sweet spot or does it you know, does it really depend on on what's going on? Uh, we want to we want to hear from you. Uh, and you can start we can start hearing from you right now because we are we have come to the end of yet another episode of Spawn on Me. Um, so, Reef, I've been talking to the people about talking to us. <laughs> if they want, as I do my Captain Kirk impression, uh, if they want to talk to us. How should they do it? <laughs> so, man, they should hit us up first and foremost at the website spawnon.me. That has links to everything, including archive of the shows, bios, all our pretty faces, our abilities, all that stuff is awesome. Um, also on Twitter, spawn at spawn on me, we're fairly active on there as well. Um, and on Facebook, we throw up the our web, the uh, episodes there as well. Spawn on me on Facebook. Um, if you're listening to the audio version of this, which which comes out every Tuesday, remember that we stream these live every Thursday, uh, 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern, at twitch.tv slash spawn on me. Um, so if like you want to look us dead in the eyes and say, I see you, son. I see you. Um, like how C is freaking you out right now. If you want to be freaked out by Stubby Stan, uh, you, 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 you can come live on uh, Thursdays. Um, also for, um, the, uh, people that want to go above and beyond with their support of us and the show, make sure to go to our Patreon, um, at, uh, patreon.com slash spawn on me. 
Um, we're we're up to over a hundred patrons, which is awesome. That's um, amazing. Thank and you. And so right much. now we're looking for some help um, on our travel to make sure we can go to the cons that we want to um, without putting us at uh, too much of a financial disadvantage. So every dollar helps. D- donate a buck. Donate five bucks. Donate ten bucks. Donate one million bucks. Um, it's yes. all up to you. Um, and you also get access to our premium podcasts, uh, Spawn on Me After Dark, um, and the Brocago Beltway, our political show, um, which we just had a fantastic episode with Eljoy Williams um, of yes. Sunday Civics. Um, so make sure to check that out as well. And that's it. All right. All right. Uh, so before we get out of here, I want to send a very, very special shout out uh, to my coworker because I told him I would do this, Pasquale Cara, who uh, serenaded me for my birthday, which happens to be tomorrow. Uh, it fits in between the Ides of March and uh, St. Patty's Day. Um, for lunch today, he he uh, he serenaded me with a happy that birthday. Beautiful. That was. It it was it was something. It was something. I I will say if you if you guys want to see it, go to YouTube. I didn't do this. He did it. It is public. He posted it. Go to YouTube and search for "Happy Birthday, Mr. Cicero." <laughs> um, it is one minute of your life that you can't get back, but it's a minute of your life that you won't want back. Aww. Um, so, 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 uh, uh, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, hopefully he, uh, he gets a lot of views as a result of that. And, uh, you can, you can check that out there. So, uh, thank you very much pass. And, uh, you know, to the, to the, oh, thank you very much. Uh, bleep Nick, uh, for the birthday wishes. I really appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, here we are. This is episode two twelve of the spawn on me podcast. For the absent and traveling, safe travels, of course, to our Captain Khalif Adams, to the Duchess of Diversity, uh, Tanya to pass, for them, and for uh, my brolic brother up north, Mr. Sharif Jackson, I am Cicero Holmes, we are the Swan Me Podcast, and we say, Peace. Peace.